You have to educate all these city people. All. Some of y'all, some of y'all, help me to. Um, we need, I need to post some of the uh, some of the different people that we do things with and for, uh, just so you'll know, so we we can pray about them. Uh, Thang contacted me this last week. Now Thang is Burmese and he's from Miramar, and he's uh, I would he won't call himself an apostle, but he's an apostle. He, he moves among the Burmese community scattered around the world. He spends six months out of the year on the road away from his wife and children. And uh, sometimes he needs extra funds to fly different places. Things come up and things. And so I met him at Rainbow Presbyterian and uh, at a conference. And he, he, you know, he said, wow, Vineyard, can I come to your church? I said, yeah. Can you come pick me up? Yeah, where, where are you staying? Birmingham. Okay. So I picked him up at uh, Hampton Inn in Birmingham at uh, somewhere near the shopping area of the summit and uh, brought him and then took him back and uh, we started this, I don't know how many years now I've known him and uh, he's spoken here and uh, phenomenal things he does. So... And the, um, they put up some pictures. If you follow the orphanage that we support in Lahore, Pakistan, um, these kids are sleeping on the street with a, a plastic bag to keep them dry. And so um, there are a lot of Christians um, in Pakistan that are taking care of orphans. At the mothership, close encounters of the third kind. <laughs> so, uh, but I'll try to start at least mentioning one of the things that we're doing, and need to put them up someplace. But no, I haven't. Turn with me to Second Peter chapter 2. The last time I was speaking out, we did chapter 1, so we probably don't have time to do all chapter 2. We'll see uh, and see where it goes and kind of back up to maybe Second Peter chapter 1, say verse 19. Peter is late in his life spiritually. He knows that the time is drawing near. The Lord has told him that it's getting time to leave, you know, and he'll be eventually crucified and he'll choose to do it upside down to honor Jesus and they allow him to do that and um, Peter's seen a lot done a lot and he's very fatherly at this point in life toward the church and so in uh, as you read second uh, Peter I need to go back and probably read first Peter and see some of the things that he's saying then but um, he has a real strong prophetic element in in what he's saying. Lord, we ask you to bless um, your word. Thank you for being so strongly here this morning with us. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So chapter 1, verse 19. So we have 
the prophetic word made more sure, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by the act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Eventually, in the first um, period of time of of, um, the church, we had other documents floating, going around. um, And, you know, the church fathers, the ones that were quiet, uh, they had some councils and things, and they decided that these 66 books would be the ones that we would put in canon scripture. Uh, already the Jewish people had been, um, had what we call the Old Testament. Uh, we'd had all of these books that they had already recognized. You can get a copy, you know, like a Tanakh, which is a Jewish, um, the Old Testament, in the order of the scriptures the way the Jews read them. They don't lay them out exactly in the same way as we do. Um, so 400 years goes by and Jesus arrives and we start, um, um, things start happening. People then start writing stuff uh, until John writes the last uh, of the book of Revelation in about 90 AD. And, and we then with time take these 27 books and we, we combine them and we call them the New Testament. And so together we have the 66 books of Scripture. Uh, part of the church has a few other uh, writing that took place in the intertestamental period. Um, the Apocrypha has these books, and they believe, parts of the church believe they are, uh, have the same weight. So, the, you know, this is how it would be in real life. Some say yes, some say no, I think this is, this is yeah, it's like you can go read those. And you'll see there's a little bit of a difference. And the anointing seems to be more strongly on these 66 books. And so the Protestant church pretty much in large uh, look to these books. And we believe that behind these 40-some-odd writers, um, was it four continents, three languages, um, Spanning over this period of time, uh, that that there is a, you you can sense the Holy Spirit behind the different writers. So it's interesting that Peter is saying this, and and we haven't even done this. It's just we're just saying this near the end of the New Testament testamental uh, books. That uh, he says this with great strength. Uh, I think he's he's probably talking about. Uh, the Jewish scriptures, the those other the books, the New Test, the Old Testament books, but it holds true to be with time with all sixty six books. Chapter two says, "But false prophets also arose among the people." Now, when he says this, I, I'm thinking here you and we're if we were standing with Peter, and the church is going along and. And they're traveling, and he's gone, and he's spoken, you know, to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles have um, responded to him. 
and uh, God has sent him through a, through a uh, Cornelius coming because of a dream, you know, that whole thing. And, and while he's still telling the gospel message to these gathered Gentiles, the spirit falls on him. He doesn't even get finished preaching. And now he's in the hot seat because he has to report back to the council that is formed at Jerusalem to explain how he has accepted these Gentiles. And so he just goes back and tells a story. If you look at reading the book of Acts, he went, hey, I was, they were there and this happened and then I was speaking and then the spirit fell on them. And, and so what was I to do? I baptized them. Hey, <laughs> you know, so then at the council, they, okay, okay. So, and then as you know, uh, Barnabas, was working in a city, was it Antioch, and uh, saw that uh, God was really coming, and he thought, I need, I need uh, Paul. You know, he was Saul, he persecuted, he got knocked off his horse, God says, you're going to work for me now, you know, he's applying for three days, I'm going to go get him. So he goes and finds Paul, brings Paul there, and then we have Paul writing this majority of the New Testament, how did we know the guy was really smart? He's really smart. He's smart. Peter says, he says stuff I don't even understand what he's saying. Writing. So here's Peter who walks on water because he's just that kind of guy that, hey, if it's you, call me out of the boat. Yeah, you know, he just does stuff. I'll never deny you. Jesus says, before the rooster crows, three times you're going to deny me. <laughs> and of course that happens. We, we have all these, I mean, Peter's, Peter's Peter. You know, go read, go read about him. So he's, he's, but these false prophets have also arose among the people. You know, down through the history, down through, the, through time, people would come up and they would say, thus saith the Lord, and it wouldn't be the truth. And then the real prophets would rise up and say, thus saith the Lord, and things would happen. And so... He knows that this is because there's spiritual warfare. He says, just as there also will be false teachers among you. He's thinking forward. He's thinking after he's gone. He's given instruction in this second book that we have of his. Who will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Even denying the master, meaning Jesus, who, who bought them with his own life's blood, you know, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Now, how do we approach this and not get nervous? Because we're not, we don't need to get nervous. Right this moment, Jesus is seated in a place of authority at the right hand of God the Father. The Father has said to him, I want you to stay here until I make your enemies your footstool. The Father is the only one that knows when this is ready for the next stage when he tells Jesus, go get up. Jesus doesn't know. Now, it's the Godhead, but Jesus says he doesn't know. Only the Father knows. And, and we are in this period of time where this warfare is going on and stuff happens. Good stuff Stuff where we win and stuff where the enemy does things. And 
The counsel of God is just gets too much. I, I can't, I don't know about what, what's what except that God is in control ultimately. God knows ultimately. When horrendous things happen, someday we'll hear the rest of the story. And that's hard because we want to step in and figure it out and come to a decision about what happened and why. And if you've had something happen to you, your friends are like the friends of Job. They, are, they love Job. But they just did to tell him what they thought was going on. And it was not really very helpful. And you've got friends that aren't very helpful, but they're trying to be helpful. You lose a loved one, and they just do their best to comfort you. And they just go way down the wrong road. And they say stuff, and you and your nice southern way that most of you are southerners, you thank them. At the same time, you want to punch their lights out. And sometimes we do, for a moment, tell our friends off. We probably just need to hug them, each other, and go one of these days. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more sadness. But not yet. Now, why is he telling them that they're secretly going to introduce destructive heresies, except that the enemy gets into people and gives them some very articulate, sounds-wise things to say to deceive? They don't mean to be deceiving. Some, A few probably mean to be. Many of them don't. And if you read church history, it just goes on. It starts in the beginning. It starts happening. It's gone on all these years. It's probably going to go on until the... Maybe it'll stop the day before Jesus comes. But probably it's going to be going on that very day. When he splits the sky open. It's probably going to go on right until they go, "Uh Uh-oh. I wish the rocks would cover me. I... I... (laughs) the truth will come with such dazzling presence I don't think you'll just know it in your head I think you'll know it in your heart your your innermost being your your spirit man you'll just know and suddenly all the deception that is everywhere will be shown for what it is no one will have to say anything Because Jesus in person will be there. And everything that is not of him, it will be exposed. No one will have to make a big case. No one will have to do something. We'll all know.
I don't hear P- Peter uh, being mean. I just hear him being straightforward, and this is just the way it is. So even though they're den- denying the master who bought and paid for them, they're going to bring destruction upon themselves. So we should pray for people, especially when you meet people that you think they're... Some people you can't tell, and other people are going, they're way off course. There's some personalities that on TVs and movies that I just love their acting. And then I hear them talk, you know, just off camera, and they're not reading the script. I go, my goodness gracious, they are so far away from the... Wow, Lord, help them. Help them. And then I can't help but the next time I see a movie with them in it, I go, wow, you're really good at acting because you're nowhere near this character you're playing. You're, you're just, you're a mess. You're just such a mess. And I like them. So I'm not sure if that's spiritually driven or just because I like the stuff they played in, you know. But I pray for them. And you're that way about musicians and just writers and all kinds of people. Verse 2, many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. The natural man is powerful. And, and, And we just like, there's a whole from A to Z kind of stuff out there. There's things that we shouldn't drink. There's things that we shouldn't pop and take or shoot in our arms. Or clothes that we shouldn't wear. Or music we shouldn't sing. Or books or movies. I mean, it's just start making a whole big thing of stuff. Just, there's just so much stuff. It just How do you know it's sensual? Because it stirs your natural man. And everybody's list is different. What what stirs me might not be what stirs you. And culture is just always changing. And something comes along new, or some is you know. There's no point in making illustrations because then it doesn't match. If I pull one out of my head. And because of these things, he says, the the way of truth will be maligned. That's going on in our culture currently. It's been going on. It'll go on tomorrow. It'll go on later. It'll go on differently, but it'll go on. If you go look up stuff in history. Some of it doesn't stir you because, well, it was written 400 years ago. Yeah, we've moved on. You go, really? That got them all stirred up? That? We, we kind of make fun of it. And then 400 years from now, they'll hear ours, and they'll go, really? That got them stirred up? <laughs> then there'll be something else. And you and I, if we could see four years in the future, we'd go, I don't get it. Well, that's because we're not living 400 years in the future. Who would have ever guessed that we'd all be having neck traction problems because we were walking looking down at these little things in our hands 
Or, and the, the, isn't the weird part, and probably you do this, I'm not making fun of it, but you know, the person that's walking beside you and he's got a, a Bluetooth in one ear headphone piece and he's talking. And you just always want to, I, do you ever, confess, I have, I have responded to a person that was not talking to me at all. And then I felt stupid because I couldn't see it was in the other ear. It was not in the ear on the side I was on. He should have at least worn him in both ears, but no. Yeah, and and I yeah, because you just, yeah, especially if there's a wall, because yeah, I just act like I can't hear this and just go on, you know, like I yeah, yeah, and 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 we were uh, <laughs> at the kids' house up in up in Indianapolis, and they got Alexi Alexa Alexa. Stupid little box. Except when it was playing music and I was tired of the music and I was trying to read something and nobody was in the room. I said, Alexa, shut up. It knew what that meant. It quit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wow. And in their greed, verse 3, they will exploit you with false words. So in three verses, we've also already talked that there are false prophets, false teachers, destructive heresies, too much sensuality, which causes the truth to be maligned. And now Paul's saying, and in their, and Peter's saying, and in their grief, they will, they will exploit you with false words. In their greed, not grief. In their greed, they'll exploit you. Their judgment from long ago is not idle. Their destruction is not asleep. This is the way it is. Reap what you sow. They're going to sow for this. I promised Jamie I wouldn't deviate, but I just Jamie, I just so want. Just she's shaking her head. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to move on. I need practice. Don't, don't you even know what I heard, what came in my head? It, it, just, I won't go anywhere. Just the little, the little Bible verse that says, Rachel is crying for her children. And she could not be comforted. Verse 4, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment, he's made a special place for the rebellious, angelic group. This didn't probably even exist until the rebellion went on. He made a special place. And he's only made one place. So those that go there that are human are going to be with those that were once upon a time angels. Verse 
Verse 5, and did not spare the ancient world, but, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, you know, eight of them, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, you know, they were just into themselves. They were just so self-centered. Having made them an example of those who would live ungodly lives thereafter, and if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by this he saw and heard that righteous man while living among them and felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. You think, why don't you just leave? It took the Lord sending some angels to get he and his wife out of town. And his daughters and his son-in-laws just thought he was making a joke. And then his wife didn't make it because she lingered. She missed the bright lights, big city. I'm not, not making fun of her. I just, she just, I wish she just kept going. I imagine he and his daughters wish mom had just kept going. Verse 9, and the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under judgment for the day of judgment. Now, you and I don't understand this except that these two things are true. He's, He's finished with some people. There's a verse that says mercy triumphs over judgment. And this would mean that that is not always how it's going to be. That's his heart of hearts is to let his mercy, that part of his personality, overcome the judgment that's deserved as him being the great judge. He pours out mercy all the time. He never gives us what we deserve. But sometimes, it looks like from history, even we can see, that some people, he didn't have that plan for them. He let other things happen. And if we have his heart, no matter how despicable they are, some part of us should be sad for them and should wish it had been different. I didn't fight in World War II, but I wonder if some of the Christians at times, they probably prayed for Adolf Hitler and all of his innermost circle and all the guards working in all the concentration camps and all the hideous things. And that was just one little piece of history and hideous things going on right now. But I've experienced him not giving me what I deserve at times. And see it unfold right in front of me. And going, ah, this is not what I was expecting. 
You did not give me what I deserved. You break my heart. But I also know living long enough is just because he did that this time. Next time, he may let it run the full course. And I might totally experience the switches when my mom would just pull all those leaves. You know, she, you know how mom can do that. She just knows the right way. Hey, bring me some of those roses, Sharon. I knew exactly what that meant because roses, Sharon, is gorgeous, but it has these really long, they fold over. And if, you, and if you pull your hand down that after you break it off and you pull it the other direction, it just takes every leaf off of it. And a switch without leaves, there's nothing to match it. It just wraps itself around your leg. She knew just the right pressure so that it stung for two or three hours, but no blood. She was a good mom. (laughs) My wife one time saw me out in the backyard with my little... Red Rider BB gun, I have one of those, and then I have one that pumps up. But, you know, the Red Rider's the one. You know, Don't use that, you'll shoot your eye out, you know, that one. I'm out there, and there'd be a, if, you, if you're if you kind toward bumblebees, don't listen to this next part, okay? The bumblebees would be drilling on my house. I'd walk out there, put a BB, in, you know, in the chamber, cock it, pick the, BB, pick, pick the bumblebee out of the air. She'd go, Wow, you're a good shot. I said, I had a lot of practice. There was a Rosa Sharon right out of the back porch. I was really taking it out on the Rosa Sharon, but I couldn't really hurt it. But I could take out those bumblebees that were on those little blooms. Probably spent the afternoon doing that some of those days that switches were involved. I won't tell you about how many, how many combs I lost in junior high school in my back pocket because I couldn't remember to take the plastic the plastic out before the vice principal brought his paddle. Back in those days, they would let us, let me, when I first started teaching, they would let us paddle people. So I knew, like, uh-uh, take the magazine out. You know how to paddle when you've been paddled. You know the, you know the appropriate all that. Okay, let's move on. This, uh, I'm a, wow, it's 12 o'clock. I got to find a stopping place. I didn't get anywhere started. Uh, let me find it real quick. Yeah, yeah we, the righteous man talking to him. Verse 9, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation, keep, keep the unrighteous under the Punishment for the day of judgment. We talked about that in verse 10. And especially those who go after or indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authorities. That despising authorities, not good. Not a good place. Who knows? Maybe we'll finish the rest of it. So Peter was saying all that because he loved the church. And he wanted to have them what? Aware of whatever's coming next when after he's gone, there's stuff going to come. Be smart. Be wise. If it doesn't match the scripture, don't run after it. Even if your favorite actor that flies jet aircraft is jumping up and down on a sofa, the Oprah Winfrey 
pre-show. <laughs> Fill in the blank. I pray, I like the guy, I pray for him. He does all them, those stunts, him, I go, I would not hang on the side of a plane with my fingertips just so I could do the next Mission Impossible. But, but wow, did you see that? He was really hanging on the door. And then you go see some interview about hanging on the door and how he almost, like, you almost met the, met the creator. <laughs> just finish that, that scene. Let's go, Jim. Let's get out of here. Okay. Anybody got something? Did you like doing that prophetic stuff? We need to do this. The body gathered, we need to listen. So here's my last little tiny bit of instruction. Next time, dial down. That's what Wimber said to Get your soulish part quiet. Don't think about after a while or don't think about something that happened that you lost a child's sock and you couldn't find their shoe and you were like, you know, you know. Don't think about that. Just dial down. You know what dial down means, right? Okay. So just dial down, get still, and listen. And watch. And you might see something. An image of something. He'll use anything. Maybe something you've never seen before. Maybe something stored. Or you'll hear something. Because we are a body. And together, we hear better. Not that he can't speak to each one of us profoundly, but together we hear even more because we all look at the elephant standing in the room from all the different sides. And so if you're standing near the tail, it looks different than if you're standing near an ear or in front of the trunk, especially if you're feeding him peanuts or something. I don't know. All right. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for coming. Encourage us. That deep peace that you you came with, Lord, remind us of your peace. Let it be stronger than our anxiety, than our fears, than our unknowns, that something that we're facing next, that we don't know, we don't have a solution, we don't have anything. Lord, remind us of the peace of the Lord. The shalom of God. We really do say thank you. Let us keep what you want us to keep this morning. Let the rest of it blow away. In Jesus' name, amen.